All right, so we're live, and um, this is the debut podcast of a son and father team. So I'm Shane, yeah, and he's I'm Nicholas. Nicholas, Shane is my father. So <laughs> we're um, this is going to be uncut. It's going to be raw. I, I don't. I, we don't plan on editing it really at all. But the intention of this podcast, we we're experimenting. We we. Uh, think we want to do this on a regular basis. I'll post this on a podcast um, that I already have. Nicholas is going to tell us what date it is. So yeah. you'll know if you're looking at this three days later. When yeah. we're talking. So it's April 1st right now. Uh, this isn't an April Fool's joke. It's a real thing. Um, no jokes. No, no jokes. jokes. Yeah. Um, but actually that's important because if you're listening two months in the future or even however long it is, years in the future, uh, April 1st, 2020, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 outbreak right now. So uh, that's going to be important, I think, to what we're going to end up talking about because it's crazy. That's relevant. It's crazy that we're talking about it on April Fool's. We've been talking about doing a podcast for probably a month or so now. And um, we have the time. I finally said, hey, let's do it tonight. So it's uh, April 1st. And um, so we're going to get started. One of the things that I want to do, this will be something we'll do. Uh, our primary goal is obviously to bring some value of some sort, hopefully just give people an opportunity to think about current events. There's really only one current event right now with this uh, COVID-19 virus. So we're going to talk primarily about that. Uh, you know, we will have some sponsors for this. So the sponsor I'm going to say for tonight is uh, Selfie. So that is strammel.com slash sellfy, S-E-L-L-F-Y. Sellfy is an um, online tool that allows you to actually sell digital products, to sell actual products, to actually sell subscriptions. So it's actually quite relevant given where we're at right now. Many people, because they've been uh, displaced, been put on furlough, actually lost their jobs, or literally are, uh, there's an increase in people looking at ways to generate revenue in a different way than they have in the past. And so Selfie is an amazing tool. It's simple. There's tons of uh, tools like that. There's um, Shopify, lots of those, but Shopify and many others, Squarespace can be confusing, difficult. So we're going to go with Selfie. So that's our plug for this uh, segment of the show. I don't know how many segments we'll have. Again, we're just kind of rolling with this, but we're going to try to go for an hour. So Nick, what do do you want to say? um, Well, right now we're in the middle of the COVID-19 outbreak. So I think that's what we're going to end up talking about for a lot of the, uh, for the majority of this, this first episode, but something interesting at least about COVID-19 is the distinction between coronavirus and COVID-19. I didn't know this until just recently. There's one, there is one. Yeah. Seriously. So, okay. Yeah. So coronavirus. He's is, had more time than me, honestly, to look at some of this. So, so coronavirus, yeah. there's the distinction because coronavirus can be a lot of things. Um, it's a group of it's a group of a certain type of virus. So uh, SARS and MERS were both coronaviruses. Right. So they've distinguished now. They call it the novel coronavirus is the virus, but COVID nineteen is actually a disease. So hmm. what you, the symptoms you end up experiencing and the disease that's actually brought on by this novel coronavirus, which is a new strain of coronavirus, which is why they're calling it the novel coronavirus. So that's just an interesting thing that uh, I think a lot of people maybe don't understand. They're not interchangeable. Um, that's cool. I didn't either until just recently. I mean, cool in the sense that it's knowledge that, that you probably didn't have. I know right. I didn't have. It's not cool in the sense that we're going through this. Obviously, it's um, I, I saw I'll just point out something real quick I saw today. I'm sure most of you listening to this maybe saw it. Nicholas, I'm guessing you might have seen it and maybe they've been showing this for a couple of days, but it's really interesting when you look at these um, curve lines, if you will, that they're showing with the different states. We're here in the United States for those that possibly are listening to this from another country. (laughs) It's possible. Um, Here in the United States, uh, New York is, is, has the hot, the steepest. Yeah line, if you will, New Jersey, I think is right behind that and crazy in one sense, all the other states are significantly lower. And so Nicholas may know why some of this is, and he can share if he does. I don't actually know all the reasons why, but I do know that that's um, a, a important critical thing right now, you know, really want to be 
um, you know, thinking about people in New York and New Jersey, it, it's so crazy in New York that people are actually, um, you know, moving to Florida either temporarily or permanently. And so that actually even presents a problem to people in Florida because people are potentially taking the virus from New York down to Florida. So and unfortunately, it's, a lot of people down in Florida right now, especially college students around about, um, just recently they, um, the governor of Florida ordered all the beaches to be shut down mm -hmm. and they've had to have troopers um, patrolling and keeping large groups of spring breakers, yeah. extended spring breakers. Cause at this right. point it's long gone. I think we're uh, with my school two, two weeks, three weeks past starting our third week past spring break. Yeah. But uh, as far as New York goes, yeah, it's crazy because of the confirmed cases that we have in the United States, over half of them are in New York. Yeah. And more than, over, more than half. Right. And, some of that could be due to the fact that they have the largest amount of testing going on, but at the same time, New York, especially New York City, is just so densely populated yeah, right. and so diverse that you have a lot of people coming in from, you know, whether it was China. It's, it's the melting pot, as they say, of the United States, Absolutely. or one of the largest melting pots. Yes. All, all cultures, mm -hmm. that, that wouldn't be anything that would be um, news to anyone listening to this, but, it, but that's one of it. Another interesting thing I'll share real quick is that I... Again, um, for me at least, I, I read a lot of headlines. I actually try to validate things when I can. So I'll I'll, I'll make the statement with the uh, with the um, just to say, hey, it, it's a headline. Um, you know, always fact check things. I do my best to fact check them as well. But it was an interesting headline to the extent that it's true. What I'm about to say was very telling. And and what that is is I read a. Uh, headline, and I did try to read the details, but the bottom line is 80% of the critical cases that we have in the United States, in other words, those that uh, include hospitalization, those that are in the, in the worst spot in the hospitals, 80% of those, uh, those patients had some other kind of underlying condition, whether it's heart disease, high blood pressure, things like that. So, you know, one of my takeaways from that, and again, it's not earth shattering news is, um, man, how important is it to be as healthy as you can now, you know, you can't always a heart disease is something that maybe you, you know, you could be 45 and an amazing health and still have issues with your heart. So I'm not suggesting that people are um, intentionally unhealthy, but, but the reality is um, many of us could pay more attention to our health. And uh, so that hit home when you, when you think about 80% of the people that are in the worst shape after getting it, um, you know, that's why. And, and a really another thing that really hit home here, we're fairly close to uh, a city, Waco. That's where Baylor is for those that kind of follow that kind of things. The, uh, I saw just the other day that superintendent of Waco schools was, was a fatality wow. from the, from this virus. So it's, uh, it's all around us. Not, we're not, um, you know, we're not immune to it. So yeah. what do you have next? Um, to say? Just, that being said, um, uh, as far as talking about media coverage, so you have a lot of you know people saying, as of right now, the U.S. has the most confirmed cases, which is true. Mm -hmm. We do um, of any nation, and there are a couple factors that lead to that. Number one, we're doing a lot of testing. We weren't originally, which we've we can, tested the most. I've heard we, too. Now I, I believe that's true. That's what um, I've heard at least. So I mean, you can go back as early as January, February, and maybe we weren't making the smartest decisions getting testing ready. But over the past week or, uh, or two weeks, yes, we've definitely caught up. And another uh, metric to look at instead of just total confirmed cases is um, cases per capita. So mm -hmm. I think that might be a lot more important, more important yeah. to measure because. If you look at um, the United States, I believe we're, it's about six, mm -hmm. six, um, six, six tests per cases oh. per million. People, wow. Okay. Um, which is very low. It might be higher than that. Um, and, but you have places like Italy that are 10, 20 fold larger than that. Mm -hmm. So, but their confirmed cases are obviously much lesser because Italy, their population is much smaller. Yeah. So, People you know, might be saying the United States is the worst hit by this, which as far as confirmed cases, yes, but confirmed cases per capita, I think is a lot more, more important of a measure. Sure. Um, well, you know, and one other thing, Nicholas, that may lead into that, that may be more um, or that's 
also relevant to talk about, you know, because there's, there's, there's these headlines again that you see, well, why does Germany have fewer cases, for example? And if you look at just pure numbers, I think South Korea's on the bottom, you know, I don't know, I don't honestly know their density and, and that type of thing. So there's a, you could certainly get into the um, discussion about, you know, of all these different countries and regions of the world who has, and maybe we'll get into that in just a minute, but who, who has approached this the right way? Is there a better approach? Certainly when you look at the way it's been approached, the virus I'm talking about, there certainly has been some differences, you know, depending on sure, um, how they handle it. We've handled it one way. Very interesting thing. Well, I'm not even going to talk about it because it gets into politics, but there was a very well-known politician that had tweeted something, I'm not going to use the name, but apparently had tweeted something about President Trump, um, you know, basically prematurely stopping flights into the U.S. Mm. And that tweet was deleted because I think, honestly, it kind of uh, came to the forefront that actually that was a, a good thing that he started when he did. Sure. So, I mean, that shouldn't be political. That shouldn't be politicized in my mind at all. It's just, you know, whether you're a Trump fan or not, it's more of a, of a thing where, you know, I think he, in that case made the right decision and, and some politicians tried to turn it into something political. Yeah. So I think that's really well into just the discussion of uncertainty because right now with uh, just the amount of data that we have, it, it's not enough generally speaking. And I think a lot of people, especially from data you mean to make decisions right, to make or, decisions, to, or to, to come to, to conclusions model, to yeah. model how this disease is going to propagate throughout the population. Um, but I think just based on that and the uncertainty, especially that was um, occurring, you know, February, January, even as far back when this was first starting to uh, pop up in, in Wuhan, China, um, you know, I think a lot of people are eating their words from back then because mm -hmm. a lot of people, including President Trump, which again, we're not trying to get political, but, you know, plenty of people were saying, oh, this is nothing. Oh, you know, this will, this is the flu, which I think a lot of people now have come back, which I think is a really a good... That, that has toned down a little yes, bit, I think right? It's a really yeah. good show when people say, okay, yeah, we just didn't know, mm -hmm. which is true because if you go back to, you know, even late February, early March, when this was really starting to pick up and we started to see cases in the United States, we were very slow off the start. But now we have ramped up our testing and our you know production of ventilators and, and plenty yeah. of other things. So I guess looking back, if you look at our approach versus some other countries, what do you think maybe the United States could have done differently? What do you think of the way that, say, maybe even China or, or, and Contrasting well, right. South Korea dealt with it. Sure. Well, let's let's days. let's talk China first because maybe I know a little bit more about that, okay. and maybe you can speak about South Korea if you do know. Uh, I think the first thing we'll say again: this is just you know two guys, a dad and a son, sharing some of their thoughts and just being transparent and honest. And we can certainly, in hindsight, have analyzed things wrong as well. But I would say sure. I think most of us would say that it's uncertain in many cases whether the numbers coming out of China, for example, are completely accurate. So let's, it's, let's, let's just assume for right now that they are not knowing for sure, right? So I think one of the things I would say with regards to China, and I think most of us, although maybe many of us feel like we're doing things somewhat similar with this uh, shelter in place that many of you listening to this are probably impacted by as well. We certainly are. We live in a, a county in Texas called Hood County, and we are under a shelter-in-place decree or, or whatever they call it, and they, they just extended that to when? Uh, um, May. May 4th. May 4th? The actual shelter-in-place? Yes. No, that's school, isn't it? That's, yes. But anyway, the shelter-in-place was extended. Um, I don't really remember exactly when, but the point is, is although we're doing shelter-in-place, and I'll get to my point, I think China because of the form of government that they have, we're able to uh, take measures that just simply would not happen here in America. Again, some would argue that this shelter in place, not going to get into this too much, but potentially is um, unconstitutional and maybe it is. And we'll talk about that in a minute because we'll all talk, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about, even though it might be, let's also talk about what is appropriate for us to do for the common good of 
of our of the of the citizens of the other people around us, right? That we do arguably have a moral obligation to do something. We will, so we'll talk about sure. mineral what that is. But I, I very distinctly, I think the one thing that China did, and again, I think um, the numbers that are at least coming out of China would suggest that it that it worked well for them, which was you know almost total isolation, right? Shutting yeah. down almost literally everything. Really interesting thing about that, which many of you probably saw as well. I'm assuming again that it's a real thing is they, I, I saw this post on Facebook of uh, aerial photography wow. of, of pollution prior to, you know, the oh, shutdown yeah. in essence. The and then, and then two or three weeks into it and it's like yellow, all this yellow stuff when it, when there was the pollution and it was completely clear or very much more clear and then now they've actually started showing another one now that the industries have started picking back up. So uh, yeah, I'll so summarize crazy. it that way. I think China, because of the form of government they have, are able to basically just say, we're going to shut everything down. And I think that probably actually worked for them. So sure. Yeah. Um, the story about the smog is crazy though, yeah. because having, you know, had the experience to go to China a couple of times, which, yeah. you know, crazy, not recently. So yeah. not super recently. So sure. we're, we're okay. Uh, yeah. we've been isolated for more than <laughs> several months. Yeah. Well, many months. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. So no need to worry on that. On that yeah. But, um, yeah, I couldn't even imagine just, the, um, the skies being like the photos that I've seen and you, yeah. you were talking about, um, versus what I was there to right. see in many of the cases. Um, but as far as the numbers go, um, it's, it is interesting to see how different countries that dealt with it in different ways, are, you know, we're seeing the data come up in different areas. Now, again, this is assuming, and for this point of discussion, we can assume that all the numbers are perfectly accurate, um, which again, maybe, maybe not. Right. So, but for that, we can look at South Korea or um, like you said, Germany, who have relatively low cases compared mm -hmm. to maybe other nations, which South Korea's approach was mass testing they yeah. were able to mobilize very, very fast and had many tests produced and they tested as much of their population as they could and sent the people that were testing negative right. to work and those who tested positive, they were quarantining, um, which at the time seemed like a really good idea because they were able to mobilize so fast. Um, but what's interesting is now you're seeing that they're moving out of the stage of quarantine of those who were sick and out of this phase of mass testing there's been um, a second wave of people, of people getting being in. infected, which mm, I yeah. find particularly interesting because I feel like, especially here in the United States with us doing something again, like similar to just complete shutdown mm -hmm. um, with even healthy people staying at home and staying away from crowds and other people. Um, when we go back to work, which again, we can talk about that in a minute, how maybe it's best to phase that in. So this is preventable. Sure. But what might end up happening is we see a second wave. I think that's almost cases. a foregone conclusion. Maybe sure. not. Maybe not to the extent of the initial wave, because I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm approaching this scientifically, but I don't know how the coronavirus just mysteriously disappears, right? So in other words, it's it's still around. Um, I, I know that. Another interesting thing, I guess I'll point out real quick. Again, this is a headline thing, but I read. Very interesting because I think many people have probably heard over the last several weeks, okay, unless you know you have it, don't wear a mask, right? And mm -hmm. there's been multiple reasons. Some would say that that's because they don't want people buying the mask because there's such a need for the medical community and that would actually take away from, from their need. Not that that's why they're saying don't wear it. They're actually saying it wouldn't help. But I saw actually today that there's a study out that suggests that the first week that someone has symptoms, uh, where the virus, because a lot of testing they did in Germany and stuff, they came to some conclusions with regards to where the virus, um, the, the core part of the virus is. And so they're suggesting that, that actually it would help people that don't even have it to be wearing masks out there. And so one of the questions I was going to ask, and I'll ask it now, so you that are listening to this or maybe watching this, we're going to post this to Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, um, dialogue with us here and uh, answer this question. So the question I have is um, if, if, if we just returned back to work, if everyone uh, could go back to the work, I'm, I'm curious how many of you, if the requirement was basically you had to wear a mask, I'm talking about any time that you're out 
in public, you have to be wearing a mask. And Would you do that? And I think for clarification purposes, maybe we are, I think, talking about just the, the loose fit. The N95 the, mask. The loose fit mask yeah. that yeah. fit over the nose, yeah. over the ears, yeah. um, that are somewhat popular. And you saw in the yeah. lead, in the run-up to this massive outbreak in the United States, you saw yeah. a lot of, you know, influence, maybe not you, but influencers online. Designer, designer ones, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was this, it was this craze. Sure. Kind of hype thing. And then it got real. <laughs> there's a, away. I'm trying to remember, but there's some company, it, it's so uh, uncharacteristic of it, but they're making an S, they're making masks as well. And yeah. they look blue and they look really kind of high tech. So, but yeah, I'm, so yeah, would you, I mean, I got to believe the answer is yes, because what else would you do? But be honest, be transparent. If that was the requirement for you to go back to work, would you wear one? If not, why? You know, explain. I'm curious. Explain why you wouldn't and uh, how you might, and how that might impact you. The, the reason, it, it does blow my mind, though, because back you see, again, we talk about people eating their words. Mm -hmm. Back in, again, January, early February, even up until early March, the CDC, WHO was like, wearing the mask isn't going to help you. Yeah. It's yeah. going to make a shortage of masks in hospitals and ICUs which is the case where, mm -hmm. you know, seeing that now that right. you know, there is a shortage of PPE per personal protection equipment mm -hmm. for doctors and nurses and even the patients, which again, these masks, these masks, the N95 ones that we're talking about, um, they're not the ones that the doctors wear, or the nurses wear, unless absolutely it's the only, only thing, thing they have. Yeah. What they're mainly used for is to keep people who have the disease from spreading it. Cause yeah. you know, if you think about how, the disease is spread, which if you don't know, it's mostly through respiratory droplets. So someone mm -hmm. coughs or sneezes, those particles remain in the air for a certain amount of Were time. Were you the one telling me about the 30 minutes and all that kind of thing? See, that again, that's part of the uncertainty. Because but were you telling me, were you the one telling me that? Yeah, about so, so tell, tell everybody what you heard about this so, 30 minutes, no circulating air. Blah, right. Blah, blah. So it, if some don't, studies, don't, some, don't, Assume that this is yeah, necessarily some true. Studies indicate, and again, like I was talking about, the uncertainty is certain studies and certain um, findings indicate different things. But as far as it, there's a, one particular study that's a little bit maybe on the fringe that says if someone sneezes in the air and the air is not circulating properly or mm -hmm. don't proper filters, um, the particulates could infect someone, you know, even if that room is completely empty after right. many hours. Yeah. Which again, blows my mind, but that can be prevented greatly by an infected person wearing the mask. So again, the reason for the mask populace for wearing the mask, like we talked about, is maybe even preventing that second wave. Right. Because if you have those couple of people that happen to right. be infected going back to work or going right. back to school or whatever it may be, and they happen to be infected, everyone wearing these masks will not right. only protect the people who don't have it from possibly getting it, yeah. but also the people who do have it and don't know it at the time right. from releasing those particulates into the air. And by the way, this is a legit question because I've read some things about the possibility of that being a requirement. So, I mean, I don't know that it's going to actually happen or not. Another interesting thing, since we're talking about the mask and then we'll move on. And, and I, the other day had written down some things. I actually did a Facebook post. And I'm like, you know, here's a couple of things that, that we might could learn from this and positives out of this, you know, as hard as it is to try to find positives is obviously a, a, a very, um, you know, big deal. People are losing their life over it. And I, that's not lost on me, but literally, and I think it was 2013. I don't remember the actual date, but when, whenever we had this, a, a big, big problem with the flu last, the flu, just the flu, but nonetheless, a, a bad case of that, the CDC is supposed to keep, a 75% stockpile or something, something like they're supposed to keep a stockpile of these masks and it had eroded significantly and the powers that be, whoever that is basically did not uh, replenish. So, I mean, that, that's a lesson learned that yeah. had they had the proper um, level of, of mass that they were supposed to have, then would be at least in less of a problem with regards to that. And then related to that, um, probably depending on where you find the statistic, you may find a little bit different number, but I'm going to use the number that seems to be most used. 95% of those are made somewhere else other than the United States. Since we're in the United States, that's what kind of matters to us. 
and more specifically, most of those are made in Asia Pacific somewhere. So, um, you know, that since that's where it hit first, since the since industry went down there, that obviously also caused a, a major problem with the mass. So maybe maybe enough about the mass, but I'm hoping that we learn that. And one of the things that I do actually as a living is you know supply chain management and planning. So one of the other things I hope we learn. Uh, which won't be popular, honestly, because it's not the way to um, to optimize your revenue necessarily. But you know, you can go to business school, and they'll tell you that's the only thing that you need to do. But uh, people might change their mind now that we're going through what we're going through. But with with today's uh, way of of you know supplying things, it's just in time, and all those kind of things where you don't keep a lot of stock, various other things, and they make a lot of sense when it comes to uh, making the most amount of revenue, but right now a lot of people aren't, probably aren't caring so much about whether they're losing a few dollars um, on each item they'd like to have them actually. So, yeah. yeah. So, a positive thing before we maybe start talking about something a little less, not so, just, yeah, just because of the nature of this topic. But sure. In New York, which again, as we talked about earlier, is the hardest hit by far area yeah. in, in yeah. the nation. Um, and as far as like a singular location, other than maybe Wuhan, it's probably the most concentrated area of outbreak, yeah. um, as far as, you know, area, but right. it, something I saw on some social media, I don't, Facebook, whatever it may be, um, was a video of in New York at, I think 7 PM, 5 PM. I saw it too. Yeah. Lines. Everyone in New York went out on their balcony, or whether it was yep. opening a window or their door, I gonna say. whatever it is. They just yelled and screamed and, and laughed and yep. you know hollered for the doctors and the nurses. And I was just like, all the first responders, yeah, all yes, all of the people that are out there on the front lines. Right. I mean, it, it was insane. Like, right. It was deafening. I right. Mean, think of the whole of New York City. Right. And, and I don't know where it was, but for the Christians among us, which we are, um, there was actually a. Uh, video that I saw somewhere too, or, uh, my wife showed it to me, of you know, some Christians up on a rooftop kind of thing too, like, you know, praying for, um, those that have the virus and for those that are in the midst of it. I mean, again, you know, Nicholas is pointing out that obviously the, the doctors, the nurses, the, all the people taking food to people, all that they're, you know, they're on the front line, tip of the spear in this. And so they deserve a ton of credit yeah, for what they're doing absolutely. and, one interesting thing about that, which is a sad note about this, but since we're talking about it, I, I'm a master at headlines. So again, I hope it's true, but uh, I read about a nurse in Chicago. This is not about any particular place. It's just a fact, right? So it doesn't matter where it's at. So don't get all whatever about Chicago. It could just as easy have been in Dallas, but this nurse from Chicago, I don't know which um, hospital she worked at, but she had her own mask and wanted to wear it. And they told her, First of all, they didn't have any to provide for her. She wanted to wear her own. They said she couldn't. I don't know why. I'm guessing maybe because she would be one of the few that had one, which sounds crazy, but she quit. She literally quit her job, which I get that and I can understand that. But what's the sad fact about that is now that's one less person that was willing to be on the front line, but wanting to protect themselves in the, in the smallest way possible and weren't allowed to. So that, that's, that's pretty sad. So, but um, yeah, what else you got? So Nicholas? I think just shifting off of, you know, the impact that the virus is have, having directly on patients and, and, and that sort of thing. The other side of the equation, which I think up until, you know, last week when Congress started talking about this being the economy, mm -hmm. it was almost a taboo. Which nobody cares about. Right. It, it was almost <laughs> a taboo, right? Because yeah. you had people talking, you know, couple weeks ago about like the effects that this was going to have on the economy. And you saw plenty of people, whether it was the media or just, you know, people in general sure. online saying, if you're caring about the economy right now, then, you know, you're despicable or plenty of other things, which I think it's important to note that it's secondary. Sure. But again, you talk about saving lives. Absolutely. We're doing everything we can right now with this right. shelter in place to save lives of people who are at risk from this virus. But on the other end of this, when we come out of it, you know, people not having a job and sure. having a way to feed themselves is also yeah. a, a way that we have to, you know, if realize that lives yeah. are being affected by if this. If you're introducing poverty in, that didn't exist, then, then there's obviously things that come with that, right. right? And I mean, the other thing that um, 
that I think is related to that is, you know, you have to, and we're not talking about in hindsight necessarily, again, we're only talking about things that need to be thought about. Uh, you know, the reality is, is we do have to emerge from what we're doing right now, at least sooner rather than later. Um, our, in Texas here, I think it was the attorney general basically said, hey, the, the economy just flat out can't shut down for three months. You know, it, it would just be total chaos. Um, obviously, there are a lot of people that question whether we should do in which country, or maybe there are multiple countries that basically have the approach of uh, herd immunity, you know, which is to say basically, hey, we're going we're gonna to encourage people that have compromised immune systems, those that are maybe older, have conditions that are known to be uh, you know, more problematic with regards to contracting the virus. Those obviously should stay home as much as possible, that type of thing. But the average person that, that's presumably healthy Basically, we're not going to do anything, you know, uh, live as, as usual. Now, obviously, some of those people are going to get it. I uh, don't know if the, if the jury has been settled yet on whether that's the right approach or not. And, and we didn't take that approach here in the United States. But I will say, and I'm starting to see people talk about this, what you're talking about, is sooner rather than later, we're going to have to emerge from this, you got to stay in your home, you can only go get food and, and other things. N number one, it's like, it's obviously very hard to even enforce, number one, you know, uh, I don't think any of us want a police state kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's gonna be an issue. And the virus is still gonna be out there, like we said. So, you know, the powers that be are gonna have to determine, you know, when we, when we begin to emerge yeah. out of this. So. so I think talking about the economy, we have to address the elephant in the room, which is the $2.2 trillion elephant in the room yeah. of the stimulus bill. Right. Which, um, so let's talk about the good first, maybe, because yeah. there's probably some good. And let's there, talk about the things that we don't think are actually so good. The good thing is, is that it's something. Really. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it was something, and it was something relatively quick. Now, I don't necessarily want to maybe get into why it wasn't as quick as it could have been. Mm -hmm. You mean why they, oh yeah, it, right. So politics, sure. by the way, just, but yeah. I mean, we can, we can talk yeah. about it, but um, it could have been quicker, but it was really, it was yeah. quick, it unprecedentedly quick. Yeah, sure. As far as the, the volume. Especially given the amount that was after, approved. Sure. And also the bill is passed, but it's also unprecedentedly quick how fast it's going to end up in the yeah. hands of Americans. By the time you listen to this, you may have a check Maybe. if you qualify. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, two weeks, I believe, mm -hmm. from about now when we're recording this, which again is April 1st. So right. around April 15th, April 14th, Americans should be getting checks, which interestingly enough, looking at some of the models that um, we were talking about earlier with the data that we've gathered of when this thing is going to peak, Mm -hmm. It's right around April 15th, April 14th. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just a, you know. Close to his birthday, by the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> of the 11th. Yeah. Coming up pretty soon, man. But, um, so yeah, this, the stimulus bill. Um, so, let's talk about, so positives, it was quick. So, that's one. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, you know, those that, what is it, under 150, if, if you're in a household of 100 under 150,000, you're going to yes. get something, yeah. potentially depending on your, Family dynamics, depending on how many children you have, you have them, what, up to $2,600 possibly? I think about twenty six. Right. And for individuals right. um, under seventy five k, you get right. 1200 And then up to 99000 I think 999 you, um, right. it, it, it goes off from 1200 but I think up to 99000 Right. You, you get something. Right. So let's, th let's throw out another question out there, and then we'll talk about some of the other positives. I'm curious what, if you're listening to this or watching this, what you think about, uh, and then we'll maybe share our opinions, whether you, and I'm not sure that they're necessarily calling this a stimulus bill necessarily, right. because I question more like an aid, because I, I question how much it's going to quote unquote st uh, stimulate the yeah. economy. It will certainly sure. allow people to pay their bills. I'm just, I, you know, I don't have a good feel. I'm sure some people will go out and buy a TV, for example. Right. But I think most people are going to use that money to survive, to continue, because sure. many of those people will have lost their jobs. Right. They're going to need to um, get groceries at least. You know, I don't know. I have not heard of a grocery store yet that's letting you build up a tab. Now, there are, mm. there are um, apartment complexes, if you rent, that are saying, hey, you can wait up to three months. They're not forgiving it. You, you still have to pay it, but you have some time. Yeah. Uh, some mortgage companies 
possibly are allowing people to defer their mortgage payments. So some of those things will help. But I mean, I know because we're at home more and stuff like that, we're certainly spending more on groceries. Yeah. Sure. And we would go to the grocery store more if we weren't trying to stay um, at home. So I don't know that it's going to stimulate the economy, but it will certainly help those that have lost their job. So I think a question would be to, to anyone who might be listening who who ends up receiving money from the government in whatever form or fashion or amount that would be, I'm curious as to what that goes towards. So if you get $1,200 in your pocket well, right now, use... where does it go? Where does it go towards? You know, what is, you know, whether it's toilet paper, <laughs> yeah, toilet paper. <laughs> whether it's something super essential, like whether it's your rent or your electricity bill, um, yeah. if it's that, or if it's something maybe less essential, like, Hey, this is a nice sure. bonus yeah. right now because they have medical maybe, bills that sure, you need to pay. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just curious Dental, where that goes yeah. because a lot of the discussion around this is, Oh my gosh, $2.2 trillion. That's mm -hmm. unfathomably a large amount of money. Sure. So a lot of people due to the fact that that is such a large number, they're concerned about inflation and hyperinflation really, which, um, being in high school economics right now, technically it's college economics because it's yeah. a dual credit course. Listen to him. But uh, <laughs> I'm not an expert, but we were so assigned. So what causes uh, hyperinflation then? Let's well, do a little small that. economic. Yeah, we can talk about the two why minute version. this wants yeah. or is highly unlikely okay. to, to cause hyperinflation. We'd first have to define hyperinflation. So. Right, so, so hyperinflation basically is when a currency becomes so devalued mm -hmm. based on whether it's you know, the quantity of it. Um, right. Generally, that's what it is, is the sheer quantity of, of the currency that exists. Too many people have tons of money, right, if exactly. in a sense. So, so therefore, the prices of things just by necessity go, yeah, you know, go up. much higher. So you talk about hyperinflation, it becomes this, this you know, perpetuating cycle you see mm -hmm. in, in Greece. It happened a while back. Brazil, it's happened. Brazil, Argentina, um, I believe. Yeah, Venezuela. Venezuela, even. yeah. So it, it just it causes an economy to, to crumble from yep. you know, the inside out. And then, the, and then in the worst case, you're standing in a bread line for uh, right. an hour or more yeah. just to get a half a loaf of bread at some crazy... Yeah. Uh, so rightfully, people are concerned price. about this sort of thing happening. But uh, interesting thing to note, which we kind of talked about, this won't maybe necessarily stimulate the economy as far as purchase of goods, um, or entertainment or anything that people might normally spend money on within the economy. But for a lot of people who are out of their job or, you know, whether it's furloughed or just plain, you know, let go. Or What's furlough mean by the way? I mean, I, I, I wonder honestly if yeah, that's just a nice point, way point, of saying, unfortunately, fire. I mean, right. people do not like the word fired anymore. And it's been yeah. for a while and I, I'm not making a joke of it necessarily, but it is kind of just kind of weird because right. Furlough has almost always historically been used for a known thing where you, you're going to be, you're going to, your job going to be there, but you're, you know, asked to take a 90 day furlough, yeah. which, which actually means you're coming back. But the real question is going to be how many of, think, think of for a minute, the disruption. And then I, if you don't mind for a minute, and let's talk about this as well, because it dovetails into this. You know, there's been a certain amount of, well, a fair amount of talk about the potential for some kind of conspiracy theory behind all this. And, you know, I'm not going to enter, I'm not going to get into the debate of whether there's or not just, but I do want to talk for a moment about how crazy that would be if it is, and it's possible, but there, think of the companies that are losing, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions, billions of dollars, literally. Yeah. And those that have had to let their people go, Marriott is saying, unless they change it. And this is different than Hilton, which is kind of interesting. Hilton has actually announced that they're going to keep all their employees. They would not, they're not going to fire anybody based upon this. So it would be business as usual. Um, but Marriott has said that they were going to lay off two thirds of their corporate at the end, at the end of April, two thirds of their corporate employees in the United States and two thirds in, um, in Europe. And that's a ton of people. Wow. So imagine rehiring, all those people when think business when usual out. that's why would anybody do that on purpose right so yeah, i mean sure. if so if if it is a conspiracy thing marriott's probably not involved in it because yeah. i i wouldn't yeah. want to be the person the airline industry which yeah. historically is anything such in a travel power i mean yeah. as far as the lobbying power they have in 
right. So why on earth would, right. would that? Now people may be using this uh, to their political for in a political uh, way. In other right. words, to their advantage, like you said. Uh, again, this is too complicated to get into, but it's like the whole oil thing right now, right? right. Oil is like super super cheap right now. Yeah. There's some it's, geopolitical things yeah. involved in, in that. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I find it hard to believe. It it gives something, I guess, for some people to talk about. And this is what I've been talking with uh, my wife about, Nicholas's mom about. You know, um, it's it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Even if it was a conspiracy theory, here here's the practical approach that I take at least to it. Um, even if it is. As much as I would like to, I'm really very justice minded. And that's another thing that I think I share with my son, Nicholas. I think we're both very justice minded. But the reality is, if it's a conspiracy theory, I don't know how in the world I could do anything about it. What, what I could do, though, is to try to make it do as, as, uh, as much as I can uh, in the midst of being in what we're in, which yeah. is to try to maintain, try to be as positive as possible, try to be helpful to those that, that are in need during this time that are more, um, you know, that are in more danger, all those kind of things. Cause I can't do anything about, uh, something if, if, if it was a conspiracy theory, you know, I don't know what yeah. I could do about it. So getting back to what we we're talking about with inflation, which yeah, bring us back. what you're talking about, because I, yeah. I really did want this to be, and I think we share this, we wanted it to be a very open, just discussion about about things and when something comes up then mm -hmm. i think we want to feel free to talk about it and sure super structured but um hyper and we don't have a wait we, we and by the way we don't have a staff there's no one feeding yeah, us stuff a, so we don't have someone over the side Googling we're, we're not quite ben shapiro or joe reagan yet joe reagan, yeah. rogan rogan sorry <laughs> go ahead but um getting back to the hyperinflation which again is a is a concern that i think plenty of people are you know worrying about mm -hmm. right now which it's important to to be conscious about that but i think what we were talking about earlier with the nature of this stimulus air quotations package yeah. like you said it's more of an aid package because it's going to those yeah. people who are in desperate need to fill necessity in their lives yeah. whether like we're talking about rent or groceries they're not going to go out and they're not like you said going to buy you know, TVs or luxury goods, right. you know, they're going to be buying what's called inferior goods, which sure. are necessary items yeah. for their life or, you know, maybe not even items, just their rent, power bill, water bill, whatever it is, which you talk about inflating the prices of goods. People need to be buying the goods with the sure. money they have for those right. goods to become inflated, which right now people are not going to be doing. Right. And by the way, I think it's related. Um, and again, many of you probably already know this. I know Nicholas, I'm sure, knows this as well. But one of the other uh, parts of this, which, again, I think will give some stability and should also help with uh, avoiding hyperinflation is, um, you know, the fact that if I understand it right, small businesses and, you know, we won't get into what what determines whether you're a small business or not, but they can they're going to be able to starting this Friday, apply for loans yes. up to $10 million. Uh, and, zero interest. Well, zero, you know, zero interest. And if they're, if they're using it to pay their employees uh, to continue to work, it's, they're going to basically forgive the loan. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you won't, they won't have to pay it back. So, I mean, that's going to go, it, we, again, we can argue, we could argue another time. We won't, I don't think, do it tonight about, okay, who do you bail out and, and right. how and all that? Cause we had the bailout back in 2008 or whenever yeah. it was and GM and a lot of other ones were bailed out. And of course I consider myself very conservative and it was certainly amongst certainly the conservative community. A lot of people didn't think that that was the right thing to do. So we're not going to debate that right now, but I, I, I certainly am for giving small businesses sure. an opportunity to survive. Right. And, and traditionally, and then Nicholas, go ahead and say what you want to say. But traditionally, at least small businesses are ran by people, not exclusively, but people that typically have pride in their business and things like that. They're not looking for a handout, but they want to survive and they're going to keep people employed that would otherwise only get this money that they're getting right here, maybe not have a job. And that only lasts them for, I mean, let's be real, $2,600 if you're, if you're, you know, blessed enough to get the most amount 
which means you're also not, you know, have as much income. It's not going to last very long. And so there's even, you know, talk about this may not be the only um, bill that gets passed. Right. They may have to even pass a, another, another one. one. Um, right. And I think you, you touched on it really quick, but I think, you know, maybe one of the last things we can talk about here is the response that's um, come about from businesses as far as how they're, whether it's a, you know, large corporations, you know, starting to produce ventilators or oh, yeah. respirators or masks or, or something along those lines. I think it's really, it is interesting to see how um, it's almost in their press conferences, the white house said that, you know, it was almost like they wanted to themselves. Yeah. Which I think is really, it's encouraging to see, you know, because when in the past you see corporations, you know, a lot of people see them as these big uncaring, mm -hmm. you know, powerhouses that only care about their bottom dollar, right. which, you know, in, in a lot of cases may be the truth, but again, that's right. the function of a corporation is to make money. It's one of the primary ones, so, yes. But, but right now, I think it is encouraging to see that a lot of these companies, GM, Ford, and, you know, even Tesla, a lot of automotive companies specifically. Boeing, I heard, is even Boeing, doing yeah, a lot so. of A lot of these transportation-type industries, because they, you know, produce... You know things, things that aren't being that, used very much yeah. right now for one and also their technology in yeah. manufacturing is is has the same kind of infrastructure that can be modified mm -hmm. to produce what's needed right now which are those you know respirators that are being needed for those who are being you know well and, and if i can add it's really literally unprecedented so it is sure. it is encouraging because i think you have to go back to you know, certainly world war ii World War One, where companies adapted and started manufacturing what something else. Needed. Now, of course, in those cases, it was probably weapons, but whatever, in that yeah. type of stuff. But nonetheless, it's unprecedented where corporations and large companies have pivoted so drastically to do something right. that was purely to benefit the um, benefit the populace. Now, obviously, those companies are going to come out. Hopefully, the other side having gained a lot of, um, um, you know, Spats. praise yeah. for doing that. And, and certainly they should get it, but, um, yeah. nonetheless, so we don't have to, I don't want to concern myself with the motivation. I just think it's amazing that, that they've done it. it. Sure. Yeah. And, and just real quick, I want to hit on the topic. I know you said you don't want to talk about it, but I'm, oh, he's going to talk it about up. it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up. Just I don't even know what he's talking about. The bailouts. Oh, the bailout. Yeah. Bailouts. Okay. Think there's a distinction to be made here because in 2008 that was very much not something that couldn't be avoided yeah it's not like there was a pandemic that, right that yeah it, it, it wasn't an external thing that came in and the government didn't tell people a lot of that was fiscal right. irresponsibility, irresponsibility honestly which that was a lot of the issue because these large corporations and businesses were maybe directly responsible for yeah. the tank that the market experienced yeah. and then the government came in and said, okay, we're bailing you out. It's true. Too big it, to fail, which that's not right. So, yeah. so you can talk about whether that was the right choice to make or not, which I won't, like you said, it's not. You can, you know, we can talk about it for like a minute. It, it, there's probably some of it that should have been done. I, I would say without getting into too much uh, discussion about it and then Nicholas can share what he thinks. Um, but yeah, I think we probably did bail out some, uh, companies that maybe we shouldn't have, but you know, it, I'll say, I, I don't think Boeing, uh, I'll just use Boeing as an example. I don't think they were the ones that were bailed out, but Boeing, for example, maybe they eventually have to pay it back. But I think since they're heavily in defense and because we do so right. much travel and all yeah. those kind of things, they are probably an essential company that should be supported during supported is the key word there in my mind supported during a, uh, unpredictable economic downturn because of pandemic not right. because they poor business. Now they've had some problems with quality, but, and they were dealing with that. It wasn't going to bankrupt them, but this literally could bankrupt bankrupt them if they don't um, have some help. So, so I think again, like I was talking about, there might be a distinction to be made between what happened in 2008 with those big bailouts where the corporations and companies may have been, either directly or indirectly, you know, responsible for some of the things that happened to the market, which then caused them to need to be bailed out in the first place versus what's happening now with this yeah. outbreak of the virus. 
because right now the government's saying you can't be in business. You can't be. Yeah. So when the government says you can't be in exactly. business, exactly, that's true. Maybe that's the right call. Maybe it's not. But yeah. the government is saying, okay, you can't be in business. You can't be very good operating. Point. Yeah. At that point, maybe it does become the government's responsibility to support these these industries sure, that so are very much affected by right so what's orders. the alternative right even right. in a republic you know we're yes. not a democracy we're a republic not that it matters necessarily <laughs> but yeah i mean got i mean government this is the one instance maybe we're thankfully i'm i'm for uh in many ways limited government but i think this is a very uh applicable time for sure. them to your point to right. help where they're saying hey you can't Hey, um, you know, nail salon person, you know, you can't, you can't operate anymore. Karate. Um, what's the place you go to? What's their jujitsu? Yeah. I was trying to shout think of that. Zev Martin yeah. Arts. Yeah. Shout them out. Who is it? Uh, Alex and, and Peter. Over right. Zev so we shout them out because people can't, uh, but here's the innovative thing, which of course, um, I'll let Nicholas, anyway, a lot of companies, this is the other good thing in one sense, if you can take it from this, there are a lot of small businesses and certainly big ones as well, but small businesses that are adapting, learning, discovering new ways to keep their business afloat. So I think that's amazing in one yeah. sense. So Nicholas, you know, maybe you can say what your right. jujitsu so, so place these, is doing. You know, these businesses are trying to, to find a way, you know, whether with the case of a gym or in this case, you know, a martial arts gym, we, we pay, you know, a monthly fee. So on some level they can't afford to give us our money back sure. because they, they wouldn't have a livelihood right. at that point. So they're coming up with new and creative ways to give us value, whether that's right. live streaming classes, which they've been doing or uploading YouTube videos yeah. or, or other, or, or other forms of lessons. Um, I think that's really important and encouraging that a lot of these businesses are still striving to, um, Provide as much value right, as they can, as they right? Can, when yeah. Right now, we can't go to classes. Right. We can't go, you know, do these things. Right. Which is a lot harder for other companies than you know. You can't virtually give a haircut. Right. You know? So That's some true. of these some of these companies are in desperate need of support. Yeah. Which I think in this case, the government does have a responsibility to come in and support these businesses, right. big or small, that they've physically shut down. Right. And. and and so I think at that point it becomes, it becomes something that's important to realize right. the difference between a bailout and supporting a business that at this right. time cannot be functioning. And, and one other quick point, if I can make it, um, you know, I, I think a point of encouragement is again, especially if you're still employed or if you're going to um, qualify for the, you know, the assistance that's coming out, you know, my encouragement to you and I know Nicholas would, would echo the same thing support, um, you know, small businesses, um, you know, when you can, if you think it's safe, you know, still go to restaurants and pick up the food outside that, that type of thing. You know, we want to support the small businesses that we can. So although we, I'm sure we could have asked for our money back. Um, and I don't know if they would have been obligated, they might've done it, but we haven't asked for our money back. I'm, I'm blessed enough to still, uh, be working. So we're going to support them through this. Um, you know, it, it's, we're not getting everything that we might've normally got, but at the same time, I'm still employed just like I was right. prior to this starting. So we're going to support them. My daughter is in a, a club volleyball. They, they canceled, you know, a lot of her stuff and we're still, um, you know, we're not asking for our money back from that. And I, I also trust that these small businesses, when things do get back to normal, that they will show in one way or another, and it'll look differently. I'm sure for, all the businesses but show their gratitude hopefully you know to those people that continue to support them yeah so i encourage you to do that uh well i think that's a really good place to to kind of wrap up this first episode we got to a lot of so things. he's he's wrapping it up we've yeah, got we got we got five minutes do we have five minutes? we got five minutes okay, before well, it's the hour minutes, with five minutes so let's I talk have, about oh, okay i have uh, you get one and i get one Okay. So with five minutes left, okay. I have something to ask you. So okay. what do you Me think or you? Okay. I'm going to ask you. Okay. Or, or, you know, and the people. If you're listening okay. on whatever platform, leave it in the comments okay. um, if you can. What but, platforms, by the way, are people going to be able to find uh, out about this? Facebook. Yeah. We'll have it on Facebook. Yeah. Gonna have video, on Facebook. video on Facebook. We'll eventually put Possibly it on YouTube. on YouTube. Why not? 
certainly um, on our anchor.fm yes. and that'll go on apple podcast we're going to tag we're going to put it into the podcast that i kind of already have running so it'll be in all the major podcast platforms yeah. uh, we'll put out even an instagram tv with with a link to yeah. it so we're going to put it everywhere we can so so i think okay. really quick before we go i have one question which is at the end of this do you think people will be shaking hands you mean when we emerge like from, when we, when we get to the yes. new normal, whatever when that is. When we get to the new normal at the end of this, whether that's next year, whether that's Christmas, mm -hmm. do you think people will shake hands? I don't do think, think that's going to go away? I don't think it will go, I don't think initially when yeah. we emerge from this, I don't think initially, but I think, and maybe some will never, but I will eventually shake hands again. That yes. it'll be up to the, yeah. it'll be up to the other person whether they want to shake mine, right. but I, I don't think we should live in, perpetual and and just can for the for the rest of the time we're living living in fear because right. the reality is okay it's covid covid 19 right now you know you could be shaking or you could have been shaking hands with someone back when ebola or any number of other things were there and to the extent you could have contracted that through a handshake so we can't live i think that's ultimately a demonstration of living in fear and because I don't want to do that you, you certainly have those people though that didn't shake hands before this that are saying oh I've you know I I've told been saying you. this for years sure but so, you can do you can right. contract it other ways sure. as well so I, so they'd have to say I'm not gonna breathe too right yeah. so <laughs> so what about you no I, I think I don't Find Are you going to shake hands? hands a lot anyway? Well, you're, so that's not a thing right. really that, so, that at your age right. that necessarily but, but people I think do. When I go, you know, and talk to my professors for the first time, I think I'll shake their hands. You, we can do here. Let's let's do, do an elbow know, thing. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah. So do you have anything to wrap up? Uh, I do. I want to ask one other question because this is a really interesting. This is more of a, a comment on whatever platform: YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, curious it's kind of in the news now this and I'm gonna look at my notes to make sure I get it exactly right but this digital contact tracing mm -hmm. yeah. so they already did this in whatever form they used it in China again with China's um, political system you know they have something called WeChat Nature which is <laughs> yeah which is basically uh, their equivalent of all the different social media platforms that we have but it's government ran and it's the only one you can get on unless you you know, use a VPN and all that kind of stuff, which we won't get into, but a large portion. And so anyway, they, they were able to literally in essence surveil them. So, I mean, we're talking about no privacy at all. Now this digital contact tracing, um, the world health organization, if I understand it all right, is, is cooperating with, um, former executives, former, you know, tech people from Apple, from Google, from UC Berkeley, Microsoft. To Microsoft to come up with a, all the usual people that you uh, probably suspect, suspect. Spying on you. <laughs> right. all the people you suspect, Facebook's probably in there somewhere or another. Um, no laughing in Russia. Right, exactly. They're, they're going to come out with a, supposedly an app where you, as you're walking around, could literally tag someone and say, hey, they're, they're coughing, you know, or hey, they're, uh, yeah. they're sniffling a lot or they're acting really weird. And it's going to go to this database. Now, of course, they promise that they've got this unique um, security measure where it, it never goes to a server. And even if it did, they couldn't untangle it. But, you know, do you trust that? I'll just add, I'll say, no, I don't. Where does the data go if it doesn't go to a well, server? They say some of it just stays on your phone. That's... But it's it's GPS driven, obviously. Um, so I, I'm, I'm like, no. I mean we have to have a certain amount of trust in, in, a, in, a, in a republic that we live in. I, I don't want to see those kind of things eroded. Yeah. And I know it sounds cliche, but here's the reality. Um, with liberty comes a certain amount of, you know, issues that you have to deal with, yeah. right? I mean, it, it's, 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 it's just comes with the territory. It's either that or you have, uh, potentially no freedoms at all, right? We, we, and the other thing, and then Nick, I'll let you actually close it out. Here's the last thing I'll say about that. And this is getting like, you know, deep in one sense uh, with regards to my thoughts on life in a sense, but it's like, you know, if you, uh, this is the way it happened. I've been working for almost 30 years in quote unquote corporate America. And although there are always exceptions, uh, you know, we'll say that typically when, certain things get taken away, a privilege or 
whatever it would be, most of those things never return. So we're talking about erosion, right, of, in this case, liberties. So typically once someone starts doing that, they're not going to say, okay, there's no need to do that anymore, so we're going to stop. No, it's something that once it gets established would probably be around forever. So yeah. um, close this out. No, that's, that's really good getting into kind of the discussion, the moral dilemma of security versus privacy which maybe we can get into in our second Let's episode. Let's talk about it next time. Because that's, yeah. really, that's a really good topic. Right. I think both of us could talk for a while about mm -hmm. um, So if you'd like to see that or hear it. Yeah, that good point. So tell us in the comments what you would like to hear about next, if anything. Yeah. We hope that this is uh, you know, entertaining in one sense, actually valuable. So yeah, tell us in the comments what you'd like to hear us yeah. talk about next. And, and you make a really good point. One of the things that me and Nicholas actually talk about we were just talking about this the other night, right? Which is to say, how many people actually really, you probably care, the ones listening, but how many people really care enough about losing security that they would yeah. give up all the conveniences that they have? Right. So I think we can maybe get into that in our second episode. Yeah. Which, we may actually have a name by yeah, then. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. So on whatever platform you're listening or watching on, leave us a comment. Tell us what you think, what you want to hear in episode number two of unnamed yeah. podcast yeah. with Shane and Nick. Um, but I think that's going to do it. Yeah. So nice. stay safe. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we want everyone to uh, stay safe and, and um, have a good evening yeah. or a good morning, wherever you're at. All right. <laughs> good night.